Hello, and welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I'm Mike Masnick. The world is increasingly technological, so we have better get methodical. Bringing precision to critical digital journalism with the singular vision of a modern monocle. Stopping the copyright police from pulling the wall on us. Painting and taking on all the plates to pay to troll. Document the ways that they aim to take control. Scrutinizing through their lies and make them fall. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. I've never really shied away from the fact that I'm generally a pretty big supporter of innovation and technology, and I think that it is fundamentally making the world a better place for the most part. Uh, the reason that I write and talk about the stuff that I do is because I think that better understanding these things can help move innovation in the right direction. Indeed, I often feel that I'm more a part of the sort of entrepreneurial and innovation community than the journalism community. And so I think I have felt a little bit conflicted recently as a bunch of people within the entrepreneurial community have increasingly been attacking journalism as a whole. And it's not to say that there are not huge problems with the way that modern media works. And indeed, I've been pretty loud uh, and critical and, and mocking on all different aspects of bad journalism, which I think definitely does take place. But there have been so many ridiculous attacks on journalism from Silicon Valley folks lately in ways that seem to suggest a fundamental misunderstanding of what journalists do. Uh, and we'll leave aside Peter Thiel's famed attack on Gawker and focus on a few more recent stories. Uh, Elon Musk got a lot of attention recently after getting angry about some negative press coverage of Tesla. Uh, this felt a bit rich, seeing as the company's own public SEC filings note how much the company relies on positive press coverage to help its sales and marketing efforts. However, Musk tweeted that he was going to start a site to crowdsource credibility rankings for journalists, uh, calling it Pravda, after the old Soviet state press. He also wrote in a tweet that he believed the problem is that journalists are under constant pressure to get max clicks and earn advertising dollars or get fired. Tricky situation as Tesla doesn't advertise, but fossil fuel companies and gas diesel car companies are among the world's biggest advertisers. To me, this shows uh, a fundamental misunderstanding of how most newsrooms actually operate. While there are probably some newsrooms that, that may push journalists to get more clicks, that is not at all indicative of how most work, and certainly not true of the one that got Musk so angry, which was a nonprofit with no advertising that focuses on investigative journalism. The second story that sort of got me thinking about this and relating the, the two together uh, was about uh, the famed Silicon Valley investor Tim Draper, who was one of the biggest backers of Theranos, the massively hyped and massively funded healthcare startup that collapsed when it turned out to be almost completely a fraud in which its miracle blood testing system didn't actually work, and the company had been lying and misrepresenting its technology, its customers, and its finances. In an interview with CNBC, Draper blamed the collapse of Theranos not on the company or its management or its practices or misrepresenting everything, but rather on the Wall Street Journal reporter John Cariou, who had exposed it all. Draper has actually been attacking Cariou for uh, probably almost two years, ever since this story first came out in the Wall Street Journal. But at this point, you'd think that he could maybe admit that the company was a big part of the problem rather than the journalist. Instead, he's still backing Theranos' founder, Elizabeth Holmes, claiming that she was bullied into submission by Cariou. And when the interviewer pointed out that Theranos was now a worthless company, he again pinned all of the blame on Cariou by saying, wait, why is Theranos worthless? It's worthless because this writer was like a badger going after her, like a, uh, like a hyena going after her. And this doesn't even get into various other rich Silicon Valley entrepreneurs and investors who have been attacking the press of late as well, because this intro is getting to be long enough. And again, I will say that the press certainly gets stories wrong. Uh, they misunderstand things and they misreport things. And sometimes those mistakes are pretty big and can have a pretty big impact. But I'm concerned about these attempts 
uh, to first lump all of the press together into a single group and then to attack them. I think that it's a counterproductive strategy that seems to reveal some pretty deep insecurities among these incredibly successful people. So let's start by talking about Elon Musk's plan to crowdsource credibility scores for journalism. Uh, and to discuss that with me today, we have our usual co-hosts, Hirsch Reddy and Dennis Yang. Uh, you guys are both entrepreneurs working in Silicon Valley, whereas I'm, I guess, more technically on the press side of things. So I'm curious to hear what your opinion of all this is and if you think the press is as evil as uh, Musk and Draper seem to think and whether or not you support his idea for this platform. You want to go first, then? So, so let me, I guess I, I need to I need to fully understand what what Musk, Musk is trying to to say here. He's basically saying that like he disagrees with with, with press, or he's gotten bad press. Or, I mean, he's, so he's had a history he, of having you know of having disagreements with journalists about what they've. Well, I mean, so there's two things. One is that I mean, he's actually had a history of getting incredibly good press for many many years for the for the most part. But when he does get bad press, he does tend to lash out. And and right. you know, we can. Go I mean, back the one to... I'm thinking of is, is like when when Top Gear did their whole Tesla piece. Yes, um, that was an example. And also, there was one where the New York Times did a review of of the Model S and and had some yeah. complaints about range issues, and and he sort of flipped out on them. Also, yeah. So. You know, so his argument is, and and to try and put it as fairly as as I can, when it's clear that I disagree with him, his argument is that when these stories happen, they are misrepresenting certain aspects of Tesla or the cars or or you know his labor practices or or, or whatever, um, and so therefore he disagrees with. Right? He so. disagrees with, and yeah. therefore the solution is that there needs to be. Uh, more consequences for the journalists that that misreport. And did and he outline so, like exactly what he thinks so, it should be? Like how so his his description so far, and he keeps saying, you know, he hasn't revealed Pravda yet. Um, but you know, from what he said, it's going to be crowdsourced credibility scores for journalists, um, so that basically, you know, people can rank how yeah. credible they find certain stories, mm -hmm. and that those store those scores will. Crowdsource is such with, an old with, buzzword. Like he didn't he didn't want to throw like machine learning or blockchain <laughs> into there. No, no, there wasn't. But you know, and, and and I mean, you know, as some people pointed out, there are other efforts actually out there to right. to crowdsource sort of trust and credibility rankings for journalists, and and this has obviously been a big thing in this era where people complain about fake news and, right. and things like that. But you know, just to expose bias, I think is in general sure good. Right? But 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 you know a. a a big part of the problem is that it easily lumps together a bunch of different things, right? So you have stories where reporters make mistakes. You have stories where reporters take things out of context or perhaps misrepresent things or perhaps mm -hmm. don't fully understand things. Yep. And you have stories where you have incredibly biased people who are trying to push things. And you have stories that are, you know, completely made up, right? I mean, there's this huge spectrum of different types of stories where you might have credibility concerns about them. Um, and, you know, I don't think that these systems where you're just talking about crowdsourcing but, stuff but do you have, accurately do you have, get at those, those nuances and but why, differences. Like, do you, do you, do you have a problem with crowdsourcing itself or do you have a problem? Like no. what is, what is the problem? Like, I, I, I have, a problem, value, I like, have I, a problem with the idea of, of crowdsourcing credibility rankings for journalism. I okay. don't think that works. I don't think it's effective. I think that what happens is, you know, what we're already seeing is that... But couldn't you come up with, like, a nuanced, multidimensional credibility system to apply... That would work. Right? No. That, yeah, that would work? No. No? I, I mean, wouldn't so. it pr provide additional layers of transparency and information on top of... Right. It would, no, it but would... you're making a really deep assumption there. Dennis, which Me? is that, that the crowd somehow, um, you, you think about this, we're in a very partisan time right now. Yes. So, sure. so even when you, even when you go to a place like that does, um, ratings, I mean, like, right. Like, like so recently look, somebody looking, released looking a at chart, like a Yelp, right? Yelp star rating, for example, is a, is a single dimension 
that mm-hmm. people are trying to gather some sort of information from, right? And there's and there's all sorts of yeah, but there isn't part- partisanship about restaurants, then, so you can't apply there's, there's that. There's definitely to news. partisanship. I mean, there's there's bias, no, right? There's bias. I don't and, think so. But it's, people, it's a people broadly agree yeah. when a when a restaurant has cockroaches in its food that that's bad, <laughs> and then when it has like about to like two and a half stars, right? Two and a half stars is cockroaches. Three stars is like no cockroaches. Okay, but like. But, no, but but, see- but the the point that that Hirsch is making is that there there are many more elements on which people would rank or or give credibility scores to journalists, right? I mean, we are living in a time but is where it a, like it, I don't it, know if it's, it becomes if you a rank popularity a list or yeah. a particular article like that feels like an article. You know, I mean, I mean, rating, look, you know, we're 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 dealing with a time right now where we have the president calling you yes. know the New York Times. Fake, fake news. news, right? Yes. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you assume that he does that. You have a credibility ranking system for, you know, news, and you're going to have a built-in portion of the population who will automatically rank the New York Times at the lowest on every possible score, right? I mean, that that's also deeply, I think, mistrusting the public as well on the other side, right? So just to be like, cool, I'm going to click on fake news, the fake news button for all New York Times articles, right? So, and hopefully that will be built into some sort of an algorithm in the system, a good one, right? Um, I mean, in an ideal world, but but, but Dennis, see, that's a problem that you don't understand, which is that like, look, like, it's true that you can filter out people's ratings if they just like, are constantly, you know, saying certain things are fake news, but who's the arbitrator of that? Right. Of deciding that this isn't an accurate assessment. So, for example, right, and that's, in, that's a in, very interesting hold on, problem. Let me to try finish and solve. my point. Let, let me finish my point. So, my Go point ahead. is, let's say you're starting your algorithm right now, right, and you don't want to insert any human bias into it, and it's it's just it's training itself on the data. It's, yeah, but it's the data of, itself is biased. But going, what I'm saying is exactly. So, so yeah. who, how do you, how do you like start this off? Because a lot of people will say Infowars is like very very credible, and the New York Times is very very uncredible, right? Mm-hmm. And is that even the word? Is it incredible? <laughs> Lacking credibility. Yeah, um, and more truthiness. And, and, and essentially, what you'll have is like you'll have these votes, and you you without knowing how reliable the voters are themselves and having a rating system for the voters it's 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 information free uh content I mean, part part of it to me is also that like you know credibility differs on you know i, I mean it's what you're saying right what what is credible to one person is not credible to another person yes. and so a a general score on credibility i don't see how that has any value other than as sort of a vindictive way of trying to get it's, back at, yeah, you know, at journalists you, who you don't like what they're reporting. It's a popularity contest. I mean, but, you know, having said that, I'm sympathetic to Elon Musk, actually. I do think that there is definitely a certain um, there's a certain clubbiness about reporters, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Like if, a certain, if a certain narrative is, if, is, is started, then everybody seems to sort of bandwagon onto it without sort of thinking too much about it. At least a lot of the big mainstream papers, that seems to be the case. Sure. And, there's and, a kind of fraternity there. And, and, and it's not even that. I mean, I, there, is, there is power in narrative, right? And there are certain narratives that take hold and that stick. And, and they may not be the most accurate representation of of the truth. But is that the kind of thing that you're actually going to parse out from a credibility score? Yeah, that's see this is true. This is exactly why I have a problem with the with I don't think that his solution actually solves a problem which right. he has. The problem that he has is that there's certain narratives that are very popular in the press, but I think they're popular in the press just because they're popular in the population. So so I'll, I'll tell you one well, of the narratives there, there's that there's really a chicken, chicken and egg issue there, right? <laughs> I mean, are those are they yeah. popular are they, you know, uh, recognized in the population because the press is amplifying them or is it well, I'll give, you, I'll give you an example of what I mean. Right. Um, when we're talking about, let's say, safety concerns about self-driving cars, right? Outside of perhaps Silicon Valley, when people are talking about it, when they're talking about accidents about, around self-driving cars and automation, et, mm-hmm. et cetera, right? Generally, there will be this subtext, this sort of subliminal message in most articles that come in mainstream papers that, that, there's, that there's this... Um, that corporations generally don't care about safety. Now, mm-hmm. you may or may not agree with that. I happen to disagree with that. But, but it, it's certainly a narrative. And, it, and they don't sort of take the time to sort of parse and figure out, well, maybe some 
companies are more safe than others or filled with individuals that are more concerned about this stuff. Mm-hmm. They don't really seem to do that. It, it always, and on the flip side of that, they also have this sort of boundless faith that if you just turn over the safety stuff to a bureaucracy of some kind, that that will really amplify the safety. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's always correct either, right? Like a lot of times sure. these, these, these public safety bodies don't know what they're regulating and they don't even – and they essentially get captured by the industry, right? So this isn't – that those aren't things that are necessarily reflected in articles or even hinted at, right? And, right. um, and, and so, so if you're somebody like Elon Musk and you're trying to bring out a self-driving system, that can get frustrating then, right? Because you're constantly swimming upstream against that kind of narrative. Now, having said that, like, I don't think that him creating this rating system is the way that you sort of uh, free yourself from that, right? Like, I think it takes more like PR, uh, like sort of more general PR work to do that. And and, you know, ironically enough, like Elon Musk is, you know, I have to say, at least just like watching from the sidelines, it seems to me that he's actually quite the master of PR. Like, totally. I think he's he's totally loved on Reddit and people see him as like kind of this genius and all that stuff. And yeah, I, I feel, yeah, I, I feel to a, a large extent people give him a, a, a much wider license and certainly the public markets do to, mm-hmm. to sort of pursue his dreams than any other. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's and he has a platform. I mean, the thing to me that gets me is like. You know, he doesn't like this article about working conditions at the Tesla plant. Like, fair enough. But he has a platform and he has an audience in which he can respond to that. And and he can feel free to basically tell the other side of the story and say, no, you know, I didn't think this was accurate or no, this is out of date or no, this is out of context or whatever it was to respond to to the complaints without then trying to basically, you know, sort of take down the entire journalism system. Yeah, and by the way, like I don't, I don't think that, that constitutes trying to take down the whole thing of journalism, right? Like, well, I no, think, and of course he doesn't think that either. But, but my argument is like just, just this, you know, to me, and I wrote this in in, in my post about it is that like it demonstrates a fundamental misunderstanding of of how journalism works. I mean, he's sort of the way he's framing it is that journalists are pressured to to get clicks and to appease advertisers and he's sort of trying to counterweight that right so you can see where his vision is coming from so he sees this one view of the newsroom and says the best way to deal with that is to counteract that and if journalists are feeling pressure from both sides then you know maybe it it evens out the 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 balance or something right but that's not an accurate representation of how journalists in most newsrooms are there you know and again there are some exceptions but they are not being driven by the advertisers interests most newsrooms are are very very clearly separated on that and you know they're not being judged on on you know how many clicks a story gets Uh, and again some exceptions but for the most part not true and so you know this system this idea this structure that will you know, cause potential damage to to journalists and their reputation and and journalism publications because a whole bunch of people suddenly decide to gang up on a on a particular publication or a particular journalist. Mm-hmm. I think is potentially very very harmful. No, I I actually think that the fears are overblown, and the reason is is because this reputation rating site, if it doesn't actually accurately do its job or do its job in a way that the majority of people agree with it the reputation site itself will have no weight it will have no reputation in other words there's a lot of like i remember after people released this chart that showed the ratings of news agencies infowars were so enraged that they were rated as like this nonsense publication that they came out with their own rating and in mm-hmm. that rating system the new york times is garbage and everybody's garbage except for infowars basically mm-hmm. right so how seriously do you think people took that rating system like it really doesn't affect the rest of the the press, like what Infowars rating system thinks of them, and I, I similarly think that if if this guy makes a rating website and it's just totally like the 4chan rating system, right? Like nobody will care, right? It's not going to ex- um, affect the the subscriber numbers or reputation or serious reputation of journalists, and I, I think where it potentially has a chance to do something. Um, that, that could potentially be positive is I do think that there needs to be sort of a central forum where you can call out people. It's uh, called the internet. <laughs> yeah, I know it is, but the, the internet, I mean, it, it's on. true. People do it on Twitter. Sure. But Twitter, Twitter becomes sort of this noisy place where there's like a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But if there's one central location, that's kind of the reputation 
for each sort of news organization where they're forced to come out and sort of argue things out in front of everyone. Uh, I think that's a positive thing. I, 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 there's been a few times like in, 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 in recent memory where I've seen some, you know, slightly left-wing organizations, you know, make mistakes uh, when talking about companies or individuals and then, and then doing sort of the honest thing, which is to retract when they find out they have errors. But that mm-hmm. retraction is like really mealy-mouthed and, and kind of buried and like not given the same exposure as, as the sort of the, the murdering that went on, right? Like <laughs> the reputation destruction that happened first, right? So it takes, it takes a long time for that truth to catch up with all the BS that they said first. And I think if they have a forum where they're called out and it's not a page that they control where everyone goes to see what A, B, and C, have, what their reputation is, then they're going, to be, they're going to have to post those retractions there. The retractions are going to be, you know, everyone knows where to go to see where these retractions are. Um, they're not going to control what they post here and what other people can post. So, so I mean, something like that, something like that could potentially be super interesting, right? And like, you know, in the like in the academic journal world, there's a site called Retraction Watch, which mm-hmm. you know uh, is, is somewhat similar. Except, you know, they handle it. They're sort of just you know following all the you know finding all the retractions and problems with with academic papers. Um, and and they've just become a trusted source of that kind of information and some people you know get upset about it but you know i think something like that is good but that's when it is run by a trusted third party right so the issue with the musk situation to me at least i think is that you know his site will gather a very very large audience but there will be a very very large audience that i think is predisposed to viewing the world through uh you know a pro elon musk lens and you know i for the most part like i'm supportive of the kind of innovation stuff that he's doing but like i don't think that's healthy when it's just like it's a you know a popular site that is sort of overrun by fanboys who you know, automatically assume that any negative press about Tesla or whatever must be not credible, right? No, I, I, I do agree with that. And I think when you start these kinds of communities, the, the sort of seed of the community certainly has a big, plays a big role sure. in, in what type of people participate in it and therefore how the ratings are skewed. But like I said, right? But um, wouldn't, wouldn't the, I mean, wouldn't a rating system based like amongst the community be most useful for that community itself does that does that make sense but is that is that how it's going to be used i don't i don't that's you know right like if if i have a group of friends and we all agree that you know the new york times is horrible then we all agree that the new york times is horrible and sure. that may be useful for our group i guess i don't know I don't even know if it's that useful, right? Because we already know. I mean, it's almost what identifies us is the fact that we say the New York Times is horrible, right? Right. Like, I mean, I, that's I guess a problem, like Reddit, right? Reddit, for example, will will tag certain, like in in our news, they'll tag headlines as misleading. Um, like I don't know if that's a moderated thing or an algorithmic thing. I think it might be a moderated moderated thing, but it seems useful for the within the community of Reddit, right? So there's like a scope with it within in a community with the, where, where these ratings feel like they could be useful. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's what Musk is intending to create by some sort of a crowdsourced like truthiness type <laughs> vector. But you know, I, I think what he wants is just additional pieces of information um, other than just the article. Right. But I don't think that's true. I mean, I think, there's lots of other pieces of information. And again, if he just wanted other pieces of information, he could put out those pieces of information. He could get other reporters to write responses to the pieces, right? right. But or he's you could, looking, you could, I mean, the, the reading... issue, so I think part of the issue is that, you know, with a with a sort of something like this is that, you know, you're going to come out with, with a number. And this is something I've complained about in the past on podcasts. And, is he and asking you, about a, a single number? Like, I mean, or a a series of numbers, right? I there's mean, some word, sort of metric, nice, right? Like there's, but there's some sort of metric. There's some sort of metric associated with these things, and when you put a metric on these things, they they sort of take on the air of 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 fact, right? Right. And so, even if it's purely subjective, but what, what and if it's, it's a whole more, bunch of more descriptive than a number, right? So, for example, say I'm writing a lot of articles about Musk that are all negative. Mm-hmm. And it's like, great, Dennis has written 27 articles about Tesla. You know, twenty six of which have been negative. Or right, 
And so, like, what about that? Like, that seems. I mean, so so fine. Let's let's shift over to the other story that I mentioned in the opening. Mm-hmm. You know, if we did that with Theranos and and John Carreyou, right. it would be one hundred percent of John Carreyou's articles are negative about Theranos. Does right. that call into question his credibility? I, I I don't know if I call if I wouldn't question his credibility, but it would just make me like, huh? Like he's. He, he's never seen anything good about Theranos. Right? Well, so. but if if his job is an investigative reporter, not a, a reporter to report on, like this is this is right. the, the great Theranos things has happening. done nothing bad. Like that's right. really boring. I mean, story. but like I get what you're saying, right? There are some reporters, like you know, that's their I'll, job. They're, I mean, the fact the fact that his job is to dig up dirt about whatever it is he's writing about right. is is interesting and it's useful for me to understand how I'm going to read his story. But right? but I guess that actually gets to a, a, a fine point that, that that is worth sort of calling out, which is that there are, and this is something that I don't think the public understands, that there are different reporters with different things that they are focused on or different stories that they write. So you have a beat reporter. So like, for example, you know, something that I do think fits in with, with your viewpoint is like, there's a beat reporter for the New York Times who mm-hmm. covers technology, who uh, I think you know, constantly misrepresents things having to do with Amazon. Um, you know, he's written a whole bunch of very, very negative stories about Amazon. And I think, you know, in in many of them, he's completely misrepresenting reality. And so I, I get the idea, like, you know, so in my head, at least, I have sort of a, you know, a, a bias alarm that goes off if I see an article about Amazon by this particular reporter um, to sort of, you know, view it through a prism. Now, the question is, is it fair or useful or do we think that a crowdsourced platform would accurately represent that kind of thing in a way that was useful to other people? And that's what I'm not convinced of and i think that it right. I mean, would, we haven't seen it before maybe like i think it would it would pretty possible. quickly default to just the extremes where you have like all the people who dislike amazon or distrust amazon would automatically vote up his credibility ratings and those who who like amazon and right but that and in itself like is also would. interesting data is it well. yeah i think so for right? what so, purpose it's just like great you know everyone everyone People but that that's only true, vote. really, if you understand the motives of the people who are voting, also, right? I don't know. I would, I would love to make those more transparent as well. Yeah, but uh, I mean, sure. But would that actually happen? I don't see how that would work. In in my world of ubiquitous data, full yeah, full you, knowledge, you and are, transparency, you are always optimistic about the power. That of data. that is my role here. I am the techno optimist. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, love all the data I have all you know and in, in but it, it feels like you're throwing out possible solutions even before they're even built right no I mean I I have little faith that that this particular solution ba- on the basis of why it is being created has any likelihood of being serious right I mean again like and somebody did point this out. I've, I'm, I'm blanking on who it was, but somebody who's you know very active in the journalism space and and has been working on like journalism trust projects did point out like, look, if it was anyone other than Elon Musk saying we right. need a, a system like this, it would be celebrated by the media space. The the same media people who've been complaining about fake news in in one form or another. Yep. Um, and so, you know, it's it's just the fact that it's it's Musk who brought this up that that, is, that has people up in arms. So but if, I actually, so if Mike Nasdaq brings this up, I, I, <laughs> yeah, right. You no, know, if uh, you were if you were to request this, how would you request it? Well, I I, I are, think like uh, are you throwing out the request? Do you think do you think the 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 underlying desire no, I, for I, I mean, so maybe truthiness understanding or a bias I, so understanding I think, is uh, bad. I, I think there are a few different factors at play, and I think I. I I, I think there there are a few different things to think about. And I think that yes, the person who is setting up the system actually does matter because and the the reasons for why they're setting it up because that will play into the different choices they make and how it's set up. And if the point is to like, you know, attack the people who have written negative stories on Tesla, it will be designed that way, and that's going to be a problem. It's not going to be a very uh, good system. It c- could create some pretty serious consequences for reporters who are doing serious investigative journalism. Um, You know, and then at the same time, as I said earlier, like I have a lot of concerns about the idea of trying to put metrics on everything that don't necessarily need metrics. Right. And, and part of that is that, you know, this idea of, of trust and credibility are not the kinds of things that, that you can, you can reasonably score, um, you know, 
in a sense where you you know if you just have more people rating a system that you get like a an objective credibility metric you know credibility and trust are things that happen between individuals or between certain groups and it can differ from individual to individual and from group to group and averaging them out across a score you know across a large population i don't think that necessarily really tells you something that valuable because you're sort of you know when you aggregate a lot of disparate pieces of information often you hide you know you hide a lot of uh, uh what's really important because the, the aggregation um takes away a lot of the nuance so right so so what i'm hearing is by placing a number on trust or credibility you're losing the nuance of how credibility should actually work Yes. Right. I see. And, and just, and not even just by putting a number on it, but by aggregating, right? I mean, pulling in all different perspectives into a single, you know, uh, you know, single score or single ranking. So then, so then, how would you approach the problem of I read a news story? Can I trust? what it's saying what 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 the what it is saying like the the, the stated yeah. facts so i mean i think i think there you know to some extent it goes back to just general basic media literacy right and then people have to understand you know to take everything with a grain of salt and, and be willing to do research and and so you know i would be happy to so trust nothing i well yeah sure but i would be happy yeah. if there were more systems that would you know would allow for discussion and conversation about and interlinking and so so when right. you're reading one article about theranos you can see all of the discussion around it all of the other articles counterpoint sure. counterpoint yeah sure i mean i think that would that would be fine and and you could do something like that but that's different than you know than a score to... like this score is rate this article is rated 79 out of 100 in terms of credibility right yeah but would it be more useful that says like Dennis read this article. He's your friend, and he thinks it's truthy. Is it, is it social? Is social proof or tweets or you know commentary like that? That those kinds of data points would those kind of yeah? I mean, I think there could be something your... that that if you if you bring into it, you know, so like you know, a tool that I find really useful is uh, uh, Nuzzle, right? Yeah. Um, who uh, yeah. Am amusingly, as we as we record this earlier today, and this podcast probably won't go out for a couple of weeks, but yeah. uh, as we record this today, they just announced a, uh, a, a ranking system for publications. Um, on authority, yeah. On authority, yes, which is different slightly than credibility. Um, so let's but, start there. But, so, so, authority, you're, so you're okay with ranking authority? No. Oh, you're not. <laughs> no. I mean, I'm not sure what that means. I'm, I'm just pointing out it's something that they've done. I'm not they, sure what that means. around like, it. Yeah, so therefore it must be something real. But like, no, yeah. what I like about Nuzzle is not that, right? And okay. I don't like Nuzzle because it's giving some sort of authority score. What I like about Nuzzle is that uh, no, for people the who don't, who, Nuzzle gives who, you the social, it right. exposes so the social proof. So, so let's so let's explain for people who don't yeah. use Nuzzle what it does. It's just basically like you give it access to your social media, right. um, and it then looks through the news stories that your social media. Um, the people that you follow on social media are sharing and then mm -hmm. we'll sort of give you a, a, you know, effectively like a Google news curated page. So I can open up nuzzle and see the top story that my friends have shared in the past 24 hours or whatever. Right. And that's um, useful. And, and that's incredibly useful. Yeah. And I can see what my friends are saying about it on their social media. So I can very quickly get a sense of what, what are the key discussions among the people that I am interested in and that I trust. Mm -hmm. And I find that to be really useful because it is customized to me as opposed to being a general score for the, the wider populace. Right. But where, where it could start to – I think their algorithm could fall down a little bit is if I end up – following on Twitter a lot of people I don't trust right? sure but but <laughs> but it, it I don't think that falls down and then you get something different which is because you are still seeing within nuzzle who it is right who is retweeting the story and so what you they're saying about it you understand you, like oh you can parse the context right. very easily right right so this 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 feels like an approach towards 
establishing like my personal authority or exactly but your personal authority right which is different than trying to establish something that is a you know an absolute broad you know yes absolute in in reading in reading elon Elon musk's tweet i don't necessarily think that he would be against a personalized approach sure so towards truthiness or authority or credibility i i well i mean we still have to wait and see what what Pravda actually is. Um, I mean, I don't think he knows, but, right? That this was a, like a tweet and, and a lark and he changed yeah, but, the name because Pravda was taken, right? So, Well, and then it became Pravda. But yeah, um, D-U-H as opposed to D-A. But uh, yeah, but again, you go back to the reason why he decided to do this in the first place, right? There's nothing in Nuzzle that would lead, you know, that, that doesn't get the result that Musk wants, right? Musk Musk wants to, you know, uh, shame journalists who he feels are covering the story improperly, right? And a nuzzle-type setup doesn't do that. But why wouldn't it? Why, why wouldn't a nuzzle-like setup because Because there's nothing... What, what Musk is after. Am I miss, I'm missing this. Right, because I feel like nuzzle does approach some sort of credibility rating if you know several of my trusted peers comment that this story that must must goes countering was also kind of questionable in its in its credibility then i think mazik is making the assumption that that you're that that first that the reporter is not making a a fake story and second that your circle is is not going to um mm-hmm be biased right or or is going to essentially be truthy themselves right so i think that this i think it'll work well if you have a good um rational set uh, or, or fair-minded set of uh, social connections but if you happen to be sort of in a group that's you know like of infowar supporters for example right like that it just um have a certain skew in the way they view things then then it's just going to propagate your skew. Right, and that's that's part. Of, I mean, that that's a different argument, which is that the internet, um, you know, is an echo chamber of your own views. Right, so you'll continue to hear views which you agree with. You'll seek them out. They'll find you, and you'll become emboldened in whatever it is that you're looking to believe. Right, so that's. I mean, that's different. I think, but like I, I, I guess what I, what I'm what I'm trying to say is that it feels like an approach to expose transparency, credibility, bias, like, let's just not call it credibility. Let's expose bias, right? Okay. Um, when reading news seems like an okay thing. Define bias. Um, like where, I mean, bias is, do I have to define bias? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because I, I, I get this feeling, right? Like, uh, you know, I get accused of bias all the time. And, right. you know, and I mean, sure, right? I, like, I have opinions, right? And, and TechGrid right. itself is an opinion. It's like, and preju- like uh, prejudgments sure. in favor of, of one thing or another is is a bias, right? Like, if you believe things, if you believe things are a certain way, then you will be most likely biased towards seeing uh, stories and that's, that and, agree and with the, your there's a, a separate element of that which is just the general confirmation bias which is you're more, sure. more likely to pick up on certain stories yes. that you know agree that agree with, with your world your, or, yeah. exactly um, and so but what what good does it do to point that out i i i guess my concern here is i feel like the the use I mean, I of, think the good of that it, calling the good out that it does no here here's what it does do right which is i think that there's a myth of an unbiased news sure. story. Yes. Right? I think I think that's one that's one really important thing that I feel like we need to dispel, which is this notion of unbiased journalism. Um, that a story can be completely without, you know, any kind of prejudgment. We're we're it's written by a human, even if it's written by an algorithm. It's it's ultimately biased by the you know, the algorithm or whatever the right. data it was with, <laughs> it was used but, to but, make that algorithm. Yes. But I think, yeah, that... like I, 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 I think that's, I think there is like the whole nature of like objective journalism is, is a bunch of hogwash and, and yes. it would be great to, to get rid of that, that belief that, that objective journalism is something that is realistic. Right. However, again, like 
it does not feel like that is the intention, you know, in, in uh, of of Musk's project. And and um, maybe I'm just reading too much into it based on everything that he was saying. Um, and so, you know, I'm coming into this conversation biased yeah. against his project. And and so, you know, maybe that's 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 a concern. But it feels like the point is, you know, not to demonstrate to the world that that objective news is, you know, is an impossible standard. It feels like the objective of that project is to embarrass people who say mean things about Tesla. But that's, I mean, that's also not the same thing. I feel like you're, you're placing a lot of motive on, on Musk as well there, you know, where I'm trying to boil it down like outside of Musk, which is like Mm -hmm. saying the, the idea without the motive behind why the idea is there seems okay. Right. Like to expose bias, to have some sort of a, a a crowd or a platform with which to to discuss um, different viewpoints. But what is that even? I mean, what what would it what would it mean to to show bias? Uh, I mean, like so to show, like for example, reading an article, maybe there would be another companion piece of data or a companion article that would see that's different. Describe, right? I mean, again, like I'm all for a you know other people giving their opinions and, and, right. you know, but that's what I think. I mean, I, I, I think you're getting married down in this concept of a score or like sure. an easy thing. Right. And I don't necessarily think that there is an easy, like star rating on credibility. Like, I don't know if Musk really thinks that Pravda is going to be number of stars. Um, I, sure. And if it's not like, okay, fine. But it certainly sounds like what, he said he he wanted to build. I mean, I think I think like if he's building definitely... a platform that that allows people to respond to news stories, like okay, I mean, but that's we already have that. We have Facebook, we have Medium, yeah. we have set up your own blog. You know, we have all of those things already. But if he's building a platform to apply star ratings, right? Yeah, that's. I mean, that that feels like a, a really old solution to a very nuanced, complicated problem. Yes, that um, he doesn't understand. Sure. I'll agree with you there. I don't. I don't think. I don't think applying star ratings. So 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 let me so is, so is so we're let's wrap up this discussion. Okay. Too, but but let, let, let me just bring it around to uh, on and sort of, you know, these are not the you know I brought up these two examples. They're not the only two sort of recent examples where it mm-hmm. feels like Silicon Valley folks have been annoyed with the press. And I I think it's you know I mean it's crazy because of of how much. Silicon Valley relies on positive press. I mean, to an absurd degree. And the fact that like every time Apple has its big conference and you have the press fawning over every new Apple announcement, you know, um, you know, the industry has always sort of relied on, on super positive press as basically, you know, you know, free advertising to, to, to a wide extent. Mm -hmm. And yet now they suddenly, partly maybe because of that, they're sort of anytime that the press is critical of them, they, they, they sort of start to whine about not, and I shouldn't generalize, but some, some individuals start to whine about how it's unfair. Um, and you know, I think, I think they got to learn to deal with it. (laughs) Like, you know, they get so much good press, startups and 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 new new ideas and new companies and new products get so much good press like just suck it up when when there is some bad press and if if it's you know if it's out of context or or poorly reported like you know figure out a way to respond tell the tell the actual story you know put in the other context i actually don't think it's that big a deal and i and even if he starts the site i I think i think uh you know after Peter Thiel um, succeeded in driving um, uh, Gawker out of business. I think all the billionaires basically have become emboldened. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think that that is part of it. I mean, there yeah. are other ones too, and I, I, I just think that's, I think that's a crazy way to to think about it. I mean, I think that they'd be much better off, um, you know, figuring out how to actually work with the press in a in a more reasonable way. I'm happy with that. 
Well, you, I'm sorry? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think there's nothing wrong with working with the press and, and seeking towards you know, fully communicating what, what's happening. And I think that's maybe part of what Musk's frustration is that when reporters are digging for stories that he doesn't believe are there. Sure. And like, you know, and again, like, you know, from a press standpoint, right, reporters want a story, right? It's not that they're driven by advertising dollars or by clicks. They're driven by a good story, right? And right. But sometimes, but not all stories are, quote, good, right? Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah. And so I think that is part of the challenge, which is sometimes like if you find a story that sounds like it'll make a popular or famous company look bad, then there is obviously incentive right. to, to go after that story because it's a story, right. not because of clicks. And, and not Yeah, and of I other completely things. agree with you there. It's not necessarily because of yeah clicks or page views. It's because a good story, which is interesting or is mm-hmm. much more shareable. You can no, but they, they're going after those stories because they get the clicks, because it's a popular no. story. It's not I even dis- that I important. Disagree with you there. I, I don't, it's not. For journalists, I think that they're, 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 I mean, I would, I'm guessing, but this is like, it feels like the main motivation is you're trying to get, you're trying to write a good story. Yes, very much, very much. And, and a lot of times that, that'll, you know, drive people to write ridiculous stories where it's completely out of yeah. context. I mean, there have been stories very recently. Sensationalism, were, sensational stories are yeah, they're, much they're more interesting s- to read. Yeah. And, and, you know, again, there are like, there's, uh, uh, without getting into details, like there's a, a very well-known publication that did a story recently where I, I know the details behind the story and they completely misreported the, the, the story in a way that was, you know, was embarrassing for people who actually knew the details. Right. So how would you, how would you expose that? How would you expose that? I mean, you know, what, what, what I have done is actually nothing because that story passed and nobody paid attention to it and it went away because it was just, it was a dumb story that was, it was, you know, misreported. Somebody, you know, thought they had a, a real gotcha. And but don't you think that's bad? Why? That it was misreported, and they, they no. Tried I do to think that was story. bad. I do think that was bad, but but it got to the point where you know correcting that was only going to lead to like a Streisand effect. Yeah, and you just get more. <laughs> yes, to use more a phrase attention. coined by Michael. <laughs> you, you just get more attention on this ridiculous, you know, bad reporting, and and right, which would then feed into more bad reporting. Because you're like, yeah. sweet, more bad reporting means more more Streisanding. Awesome. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's one of these things where it, it's going to see the thing is, is that like we're so worried about like, you know, what would happen if Elon Musk started this set? I actually think that, you know, the reason it's a bad idea is not because it's going to make things hard for newspapers, but because eventually, you know, it's going to backfire on Musk. Like everybody has their time at the top being worshipped and then eventually, right. you know, things go sour. And And the thing is, like, you know, Musk, you know, his PR team is pretty good or they must be. But, you know, like when he, for example, snapped at that uh, person on his earnings call who asked a simple question mm-hmm. about the company, right? Um, you know, that attitude, like anything short of, of just worshipping questions about Tesla will not, be, will not be tolerated type of an attitude. It's eventually going to come back to bite him, right? Like he's going to have to face tough que- questions. He's a CEO. He's running a company that, um, that people are nervous about as investors from time to time. And, and um, he, if he tries to create a website like Pravda, Right. And 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 tries to make this claim such as Draper made, which is that like, hey, you know, like we're a great company and anybody who raises any doubts at all is clearly on crack. Like eventually it's going to head down the Theranos route. Right. Because people love to pile sure. on when you when you show weakness and you, you show weakness by snapping. Right. Like and if, if, if you're not snapping at people, and you're just letting it just sort of brush your shoulders off, then uh there's there's less of a feeding frenzy that starts up, right? Because once this, this kind of a thing starts, and then that's that, right? Yeah, I guess you, that's true. I mean, you, you don't react th- this, to it. This reaction probably has led a lot more reporters to be like, "I'm going to investigate Tesla now." Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's just he's creating a feeding frenzy. Like, think about the whole Facebook thing that I think we talked about a while back. It's like mm-hmm. it's completely out of the press now. It's completely well, gone. I, I don't, that's not true. I, almost like in in that the in the, in the in the main in, maybe in the tech okay. press, but if I go on Reddit, <laughs> I don't see any stories about it. Okay, right, and and that's the majority of news that most people read. It's not on Facebook. <laughs> My Facebook. I don't think version. the majority of people live on Reddit. Like no, that. but not Reddit. But that's the type of things. Like go on the BBC page, right? Go mm-hmm. on the Economist. Go on to Reddit. Go on to Twitter. Like it's not in the trending topic anymore. 
Like who's like maybe people who are in the industry are talking. Well, about I mean, it. That, that, there's but, a whole other. Uh, we can go on a whole discussion yeah. on the news cycle and kind of how these things go. Yeah. But like, um, but what I'm saying is the news cycle would never have died down it, unless it just kind of went on the back foot and we're like, all right, let's just stop responding, right? And I think that was smart. Uh, they could have gone on the attack. Imagine how it would have looked if they'd gone on sure. the attack and said this is fake news. And you know, if they had gone like that. If they'd done an Elon Musk on it, it would have been a mess. Sure. Right. I mean, well, that is one of the things, right? I mean, like, how many more people saw the story about working conditions in the Tesla factory because of Musk's little, you know, tirade? A, a lot more. I mean, I hadn't even, I hadn't seen that story before. And then everyone started pointing out, like, this is why he's flipping out. And so, and I think actually that site posted their their traffic chart on Twitter at some point, And it showed, like you know, a massive influx of, of visits after Musk said that. So, you know, if he's talking about driving clicks, he was the one who helped drive an awful lot of clicks to that particular story. Um, but, you know, again, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like I'm, I'm, I'm annoyed by this idea that, like, you know, successful Silicon Valley people who are in part successful because of all the fawning press covers that they got suddenly think that like the media is out to get them. I think that's just, that's silly. So anyways, all right. I think we've, we've got <laughs> enough on this topic. Um, Good stuff. <laughs> what, so. what credibility rating would we get? <laughs> that's the thing. I mean, who cares? Right. I mean, if, if 5,000, 5 million, <laughs> sure. 5 million. <laughs> you know, it's like that's the thing, right? I mean, if if people listen to this and like us and trust us, like that's that's good enough. I don't need some third party coming in and and rating my credibility, right? I just want the people who who do like what we do to like it, and that's it. So you're, you're but you, now you're a little too sensitive, Mike. You should be you should be okay and comfortable with getting rated just like everybody else. Sure. No, I mean, fine. Like, look, people dislike me and that's fine too. And we're cool with that. We always allow people to, to put criticism. That's why we don't, you know, we allow people to write a bunch of, you know, whatever they want in the comments on the site and people criticize me all the time. Isn't there a rating system on, uh, I don't really (laughs) use iTunes, but the podcast on iTunes probably has a rating, right? Yeah, they do. What is it? Like one star now? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, ours? Yeah, what, are you no suggesting idea. our our podcast has a one star rating? No, I'm because it's controversial at times, right? Like I can just imagine people <laughs> at Comcast are not very happy. With I don't know. I don't use iTunes. I don't even know how to check the rating or anything. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, so uh, well, let's close it out. If you like this podcast, rate us highly. It's pretty good. We have, we have rating we have, systems. We have a four and a half star rating. It's pretty good. There we go. See. Yeah. How many ratings is that? That three, Incredible. just me, you, and Mike, basically. <laughs> I don't. Again, I don't use iTunes. I don't know how to rate yeah. us. But if you do. Then go and rate us. Try and get us higher. Four point five is way too low. Clearly, we should be five. Yeah, that's high. We haven't said enough controversial things. If it's four, right. it's still four point five. So tune in next week when we're extra controversial. <laughs> All right, guys, we gotta end this. <laughs> but uh, thanks for an interesting discussion. Uh, we'll be back next week when Dennis has invented his new platform for rating credibility of journalists. <laughs> no. That's good. All right. All right. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Bye.